the blast from our past network. Thank you very much, mister. To pronounce it correctly, I would have to pull out your tongue. Ooh. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies comics video games and more i'm your host tim with me today is co-host dean and happy halloween everyone happy halloween dean thank you happy halloween tim we love halloween such a great day we love it our podcast just happens to fall on october 31st today so we wanted to bring the listeners something so terrifying mm. that they might not even come back. Yeah, for sure. There's a definitely need a warning at the beginning of this one. Hey, Tim, we need a warning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where's Turn March? off hey. the podcast now. Put your kids yeah. to bed if you are squeamish in any way. That's right. Bad things may happen if you listen to this podcast yeah. episode. So watch yeah. out. Okay. We warned you. This episode is cursed. Don't come back next week and be like, I got so scared. You yeah. should have warned me because we warned you. We did it. No complaints. No complaints to uh, to talkbackpod at gmail.com. Well, Dean, we decided to sit through some of the scariest content ever. We did it. Yeah, we made it. And it turned out it wasn't all that scary. Not, not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> what we're doing today to celebrate Halloween is covering The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, number one, number two, and number three. Hell yeah. I love these, Tim. Oh, me too. Over on our Patreon page, Dean, we have been doing some Simpson episodes. Yep. And those have. have been a lot of fun. So if you like The Simpsons, if you like this episode, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash talkingbackpodcast, sign up for five bucks, get all those episodes, and... If you do that, today you're going to unlock our bonus Halloween episode, which we do every year. They've previously been in our main feed. Now they're over on Patreon. We're going to spook you some more with the special episode, The Bride of Frankenstein. So go back and check out our previous Halloween specials. It's my favorite episode of the year. They're a lot of fun. They're terrifying. They'll curdle your blood. Go check it out. Dean, you're looking around on your floor for something. My uh, earbud fell out. Your earbud. That is so scary <laughs> that your earbud would just fall out like that. I think that's um, that's a tale of things to come, and I'm I'm getting worried already. It's never happened before, and it happened today. That's spooky. I, I My guess is a, a ghost or a ghoul or something ripped that bud right out of your ear. That is for sure the work of a ghost. That has never happened before. And it just, it just jumped. It jumped out of my ear. I'd consider you lucky to even get it back. 
Lucky to be alive, really. You actually, you are. Yeah. yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're back well, in business you... <laughs> here. <laughs> All right. Let's roll. Hey, I, I wasn't a huge fan of The Simpsons growing up. I've seen, you know, a bunch of episodes because yeah. I would hear about the popular popular ones and I'd go and I'd check them out. People were always talking about them when I was going to school. But I liked some of them. I liked um, kind of around season two, three, and four there where Conan O'Brien was writing. Then I kind of fell off after that. But I definitely would always check out the Treehouse of Horror episodes. I always looked forward to them. They were always so much fun. So uh, we decided to cover that today. Yeah, same. They were my favorite episodes. Like every year I was looking forward to watching it because I did watch The Simpsons for about four to five years. I was like a regular watcher of it. So um, always looked forward to the the Treehouse of Horror episode. Uh, and then I I kind of watched them every year. You know, they, they're always playing on TV where they are just playing them all day around Halloween. And I just tune in on a Saturday that's around Halloween and just let that roll all day while I, you know, carve a pumpkin or something, you know, it's just, uh, I love it. It's part of my, it's part of my Halloween tradition. Uh, so I'm very excited to uh, jump into some of these. Yeah. That's a good staple for pumpkin carving just to have yeah. something like this on. It's a lot of fun. Now the Treehouse of horror, also known as the Simpsons Halloween special, are special episodes that consist of three separate, self-contained segments. These segments usually involve the family in some type of horror, science fiction, or supernatural setting, and always takes place outside the normal continuity of the show, and therefore considered to be non-canon. The Treehouse of Horror was inspired, Dean, by the Tales from the Crypt comic from the 1950s by our friends over at Entertainment Comics. I've heard of it. Very influential those uh, Tales from the Crypt comics. It's exactly what I was thinking when I was watching this because, uh, I mean, it's been so recent since we've covered those Tales from the Crypt comics. And uh, yeah, I was thinking, wow, this is exactly like that. And this is exactly the type of content I love to take in. And that is uh, short, short horror stories. I love it. Yeah, if you're tuning in for the first time today, just go back a few weeks because we covered some of the comics. It's a, it was a bloody and gruesome show. Talk about, hey, talk about losing sleep. Haven't slept since then. Yeah. I'm still burping up flesh from that episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. You had a lot so of much. Yeah. You had so much flesh Ooh. on that episode. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right. Well, Treehouse of Horror number one was released in 1990, and it was in season two, episode three, if you're following along. Now, the background for this uh, music was by Alf Clausen who was unemployed before taking the job for this episode, Dean. And after this, would go on to score the show for 27 years. Wow. So good I think job. He made a, I think he made a good first impression. What do you think? Yeah, definitely, man. He got the gig. That's for sure. <laughs> sounds 27 like he, years. Sounds like he nailed it. <laughs> he nailed it. He did. He did nail it. Um, it's cool that the music was different. You know, the music was different. The intro was different. I liked it. It was yeah. uh, that's awesome. It was it was cool. Yeah, cool eerie it's an eerie feeling yeah terrifying now dean as uh, we alluded to off the top marge comes out with a disclaimer for the audience about how scary the show was going to be and that was very real at the time now by today's standards you know we look at that and we think it's a gag we think it's just a joke it's supposed to be funny but they were serious at the time they really thought that these episodes were going to scare kids and mm -hmm. they were putting a warning before their episodes yeah, interesting. And that was like like Frankenstein did, right? Um, yeah, back when we right. covered that movie, 
same thing. It's like guy comes out of the curtain and he warns everyone how scary it's going to be. And you kind of think it's a little bit of a joke, but it's like, no, this is this is serious. Like they were actually warning the audience about the movie that was going to be coming up. Yeah. I mean, in Frankenstein's case, that was <laughs> quite scary at times. Uh, for sure. Yeah. This, <laughs> Frankenstein is more scary so than these cartoons. Yes. Oh, wow. Way, way scarier. <laughs> yes, definitely. We get a brand new opening for the show with spooky Halloween music and a camera that zooms through the Springfield Cemetery, then upon the Simpsons' house. And Lisa, Bart, and Maggie are in the treehouse telling horror stories. It's Bart's turn. He tells them the story, Bad Dream House, where the Simpsons have purchased a mansion. They finally purchased a mansion. Yeah. And they... Got a great deal on it. Mm-hmm. But scary things start to happen. Books are floating. Walls are bleeding. They find a portal. Then the house tells them to get out. Homer tells the family not to worry. The house is just a fixer-upper. That's a positive attitude, Homer. Yeah, and, and the house saying to get out is just it's settling. He's like, oh, the house <laughs> is just settling. Yeah, it <laughs> takes many years for a house to settle. Yeah. That night, the house tells Bart they are all against him, and he must kill them all. Yeah, wow. The house tells the same thing to Lisa and Homer, and Maggie's head is spinning 360 degrees. They're about to kill each other when Marge snaps them out of it, and Lisa finds an ancient Indian burial ground in the basement. Homer calls the real estate agent, who tells Homer... He told him five or six times about the burial ground. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) The the Simpsons start communicating with the house, saying they live there now too, and they should all start to get along. The house asks them for a moment to think about it, then decides it would be better to self-destruct rather than spend a lifetime with the Simpsons. And this was a parody of Poltergeist and the Amityville Horror. What did you think? I love this one. Um, it's, uh, it's it's always been one of my favorites. I don't know if it's because it's the first, um, but the whole idea of the setup of everything where it's like um, Barton and Lisa are telling scary stories in the treehouse, you know, how that kind of starts. And then, you know, Homer's, Homer's listening from outside the treehouse. And then I just love this first one because I love ghost haunted house stories. Um, so I like the idea that the house like, the house is really scary. You know, it's got scary images. It's got portals to other dimensions. They don't want to leave the house because they just bought it and they got a great deal on it. So then they end up like trying to negotiate with the house and like talking back to the house. I, I think it's really fun. Um, so, yeah, I've always, always loved this one. It's a great entry into the Treehouse of Horror. Yeah, I really I really did like that it started in the Treehouse. Out of the ones we're covering today, this is actually the only one, the only one that starts in the treehouse. Yeah. Um, I think maybe they should have stuck with that. I think that was fun. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Yeah, I think that's probably the best sort of uh, setup of the episode in these three, for sure. Yeah, uh, it was a really fun story. It went by really, really fast, yeah. I thought. Um, but just the way that the house is trying to kill them, I thought was a lot of fun. Uh, love the house. I definitely live in this house, even if it was trying to kill me. Right, right. For sure. Yeah, you'd be one that's settling in and you're like, all right, listen, house, it's you and me. We're either we're either living together or one of us is destroying the other. I yeah. like I think my favorite part is when they all like wake up in the middle of the night and they're all just like walking around, uh, you know, trying to kill each other. And they're walking around in a circle. And Marge is just like, we've always had our fights, 
but we've never had a knife fight. So I think it's this house. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I like that it's like, I think, guys, I think it's the house because we all yeah. pulled out knives. <laughs> Something, Something's wrong here. Something's wrong. Yeah. Well, back to the treehouse. Bart has another scary story for Lisa called Hungry Are the Damned. The Simpsons are abducted by aliens. On board, they meet Kang and Kodos, grotesque beings who say they mean them no harm. They're going to take them to Rigel 4, a place of unlimited delights. The aliens feed the Simpsons all their favorite foods and tell them to eat and grow large. Lisa wants to know why they never see the aliens eat. They say they don't want to miss the great feast on Rigel 4, and the Simpsons won't only be invited, they'll be the guests of honor. And then the aliens start laughing. <laughs> they weigh the Simpsons and are very happy with Homer's weight. Lisa starts snooping around the ship. She finds the kitchen where one of the aliens is making a broth. And he says, this will give the humans the perfect flavor. Lisa quickly grabs the cookbook and it's titled How to Cook Humans. Lisa runs and tells the family the aliens are trying to fatten them up before eating them and shows them the book. The aliens say no and blow some dust off the cover to reveal it says how to cook for humans. Lisa blows more dust off, revealing it says how to cook 40 humans. <laughs> the aliens blow even more dust off to reveal how to cook for 40 humans. The aliens are outraged that the Simpsons think they wanted to eat them. And Serac, the preparer, starts to cry. Let me get this straight. You thought they thought we were going to eat them. <laughs> Good God. Is this some kind of joke? No, they're serious. Well, why were you trying to make us eat all the time? Make you eat? We merely provided a sumptuous banquet. And frankly, you people made pigs of yourselves. I slaved in the kitchen for days for you people. And... Well, if you wanted to make Serac the preparer cry, mission accomplished. You aren't the only beings who, who have emotions, you know. The aliens return the Simpsons home and say... We offered you paradise. You would have experienced emotions 100 times greater than what they call love and 1,000 times greater than what they call fun. They would have been treated like gods and lived forever in beauty. But now, because of their distrustful nature, that can never be, and they leave. Lisa says, there were monsters on that ship, and it was the Simpsons. And this is a parody of the Twilight Zone episode called To Serve Man. Ah, cool. Okay. Um, I like, I really like the ending by Lisa that there were monsters on that ship and they were the Simpsons. I just like, <laughs> yeah, I laughed so hard. Line. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, I like this one. I like this episode. Uh, it's, uh, or I guess this part of the episode. I like this part of the episode. Um, I I like how obvious the aliens are that they want to eat them and like nobody's getting it except for Lisa. Lisa picks up on it, but then that that's not the case. <laughs> it's just there. The aliens are just weird. <laughs> They're just always drooling, always making like puns about eating, <laughs> eating the family, but uh, they weren't actually going to eat them. I think that's really funny. Yeah. I mean, you catch on really quick that that's what they want us to think is happening. Yeah, for sure. Um, and man, yeah, they did a great job with that. The voice of Serac the Preparer is one of the greatest, like, delivery of lines I've ever heard. Yeah. 
Like, yeah, man, it, it, it's James Earl Jones doing the voice. Yeah, it is so fucking great. Ah, uh, just every little line he says is delivered in such a weird and gurgly way. Yeah, uh, man, amazing. He's so he's so funny. It's so good. Um, it like obviously like right away when he starts talking, it's like oh I know this voice, but it still took me just like a little bit, you know, a couple more lines to actually get who it was. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's so good. It, it just, it pops in the episode. You know, you just want him to talk. You want him to say something because he's, he's great. Yeah. I want him to have his own show. Yeah, definitely. I didn't even know it was James Earl Jones. I had to look that up. I was like, who's doing this voice? What an incredible job. Then it made sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I liked at the beginning, like before they get picked up by the aliens, they're having a barbecue and Homer's like putting lighter fluid on the barbecue and it's this great gag where he just like takes the bottle and squeezes a bunch on. And yeah. you're like, oh, wait, that's way too much. And then he squeezes it again. And then he squeezes it again. <laughs> and then he squeezes it again. And you're like, whoa, this is going to go so terribly wrong. And then he squeezes it again and then he lights it. And then <laughs> they pull back and you see a mushroom cloud yeah. <laughs> like erupt in Springfield. It was, it was really good. I love it. I love what he says right before he lights it. He's like, that should do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that will ah, that should do. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Kang and Kodos, amazing characters. Yeah, uh, definitely reoccurring characters throughout the Treehouse of Horror. Yeah, they're they're so well drawn and created. Um, those guys were based on uh, an Entertainment Comics cover from uh, Weird Science number six and Weird Science number sixteen. That's cool. Uh, it's kind of like a combination of those two covers. They molded them together to make this alien. And these weird science, like issues 6 and 16, we, we talked about it before on our, you know, Tales from the Crypt episodes. But Tales from the Crypt didn't start till about issue, I think, 21 of yeah. this run. And before that, it was called, like, Weird Science. There was, like, Tales of Terror, I think. They... The different issues sort of had like different names for short runs until they got to Tales from the Crypt, and then that that stuck for the rest of the time the comic ran. Right. Uh, I'd like to go back and read some of these, like Weird Science sixteen. It sounds pretty cool. Definitely, yeah. I would I would love to. It's Lisa's turn now, and she reads a tale of terror called The Raven. We see Homer is in an empty mansion, sitting in a large red chair. He's lost his wife Lenore. He's frightened in his room as he hears a rapping at his door. He opens the door to find only darkness. He goes back in and hears an even louder rapping at his door. He opens the door and a raven flies in and perches upon his door. Homer starts getting very upset by this raven because it won't stop saying never more. Homer chases the raven around the room, destroying everything until he gives up, and once again the raven comes to a rest upon his door. And this is a parody of The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, I uh, I really like this one too. I think I just like this whole first first uh, Treehouse of Horror episode, maybe because it's the first, I don't know. But uh, I really like this part too, just because, like, I, I know The Raven, um, and sometimes it's hard to, like, understand poetry this one it's not that hard to understand what's going on in the story it's a little more clear but still it's a little tough you know to get every single beat of what's happening you have to kind of read it a couple times to really get what's going on so i like the visual along with it even though it's like the comedy of the simpsons 
I like to kind of see how they're showing you what's what's happening and, uh, you know, in their own way, their own kind of take on it, even though I think all of the words might be exactly the same. Um, I'm not 100% sure about that, but I think so. Yeah, I don't think they changed the words. Yeah, I don't think they changed the words at all. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's cool. It's cool just to see that. So I've always really liked this one. I think uh, Bart as the Raven, it's just an image that always sticks in my mind. I always kind of remember this one. And yeah, uh, yeah it's it's fun. It's, I, I like it. I, I I would like them to do, you know, more stuff like this, where it's just like the story is exactly the same, and they just kind of do their own art over over it and make it kind of fun and funny with the same the same words. James Earl Jones is narrating the poem. Yeah. And Homer is also saying some of the lines. And then we're just kind of watching it play out. Uh, yeah, Bart as the Raven was the best. The Raven just yeah. has Bart's head on it. Yeah. Uh, that made me laugh. Uh, I think this one was really well made, but um, I wasn't all that interested in it. It just kind of like didn't do it for me. Yeah. And I, I totally get that. I think if it was its own episode... Like the whole thing was that I wouldn't really even like it. Um, I think being part of like a trilogy of episodes, I was okay that one of them was like this um, for just like, I don't know, like eight minutes or whatever. Um, But I get it. Like it does. It does kind of slow down here. And it's a little different, even though because we popped the first two so hard. And then it like really kind of slows down. And it is kind of hard to follow along with the different type of speech now that's going on, you know, the different type of storytelling. Um, so I, I, I get that for sure. It's for me, I think it's just, it's maybe it's even nostalgia of just like being one of the first Treehouse of Horror I saw and just like loving the Bart as a Raven. Yeah, sure. Loved James Earl Jones. Yeah. I would have been more excited to hear Vincent Price doing the narration on this one. Totally. Yeah. Good call. Very good call. Then outside the treehouse, we see Homer was listening in on the kids telling the stories and he's very scared and he won't be able to fall asleep tonight, he won't be able to fall asleep ever again. Oh, wow. Shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> love I added it. That. I added that part in. Okay. Uh, <laughs> love I'm not this sure ending. if he never fell asleep again. Maybe, yeah, maybe I think not. he did. I think he sleeps. Um, maybe one or two nights, maybe he loses. Okay. Um, yeah, big, big fan of this one. Or like big fan of the ending here that uh, the kids aren't scared at all from the stories, but Homer's terrified and oh, won't yeah. sleep, won't sleep that night. So great. Uh, yeah, love that. Love that ending. And I like that. Uh, I like that Bart calls out Friday the 13th part one is not being scary. Uh, when when he's like, what, that Raven story was supposed to be scary. And Lisa's like, well, it was written like over 100 years ago. And he's like, ah, yeah, just like Friday the 13th part one. That's not scary. either. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. <laughs> nice. Yeah, great first episode, though. Um, a lot of fun. You'd definitely be left wanting more after that, you know? Yeah. To think you'd have to wait another year to see the next one. You know, that's probably why these were such big deals is because of, of the year gap in between. Yeah, I think just it's... Like, just like our Halloween special. Oh, that's... Tim, that's, that's probably what listeners... Over on over on Patreon. Yeah, it's probably what they're feeling. You know, they're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta wait a whole nother year for one of those. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll start a new podcast, which is just Halloween episodes every week. I love it. Okay. I love it. Can I guest on that show? Yeah, sure. We'll have okay, you cool. on. Sweet. <laughs> of course, Dean. All right. Up next, Treehouse of Horror number two. Released in 1991. It was season three, episode seven. Now, I did notice when I went to watch it on uh, Disney that it was season three, episode six. And I don't know why that was. I've had this happen before with like Star Trek episodes where... You know, they're mislabeled on a streaming service for some reason. Yeah, I'm um, trying to remember here what happened. Um, 
because I, I was looking into something and I don't know if it was this or if it was something else. But sometimes they take out episodes because something very similar to what happened in the episode happens in the world and it's like a tragedy. So okay. they end up just taking those episodes out. Um, so I'm not sure if that was this case or not. But that's that I, I looked into something like that recently and I thought it might have been The Simpsons, but now I just can't quite remember. There's that and sometimes uh, there's episodes that are two-parters that for some yeah. reason get combined into one episode on the streaming service. Also true, yeah. But this episode was up for two Emmys for sound mixing and music composition. So hey. Alf, Alf Clausen earning a, a bit of a bonus this year. Hell yeah. Getting a couple Emmys. Now, another disclaimer from Marge and another intro through the Springfield Cemetery up to the Simpsons house. We see the kids come home from trick-or-treating, and they start eating candy. Homer joins in. Dean, I don't even think they're taking the wrappers off. They're just they throwing it into their mouth, handfuls <laughs> of it. Marge says, don't eat too much or you'll have nightmares. And they all start laughing at her and say, yeah, right. We're all going to have three separate nightmares. Oh. I think they are going to, Tim. Ooh, what, what we're seeing here is the... Um, the long-lived technique of foreshadowing. Ooh, hey-oh. Very well played by Marge. Yeah, very well played. Tim, now I, I, this is true, Tim. I had a ton of candy last night. I just ate a lot of candy. Well, I yeah. Didn't, I didn't have nightmares. Me neither, but I, okay. my, my tummy hurts from all the wrappers I ate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those wrappers are not going to be so pleasant coming out. No. It's all worth it, though. Yeah. Because you don't have to unwrap it. You just get to throw the whole thing yeah. in your mouth and you can just keep eating. You, you can yeah. actually eat faster that way. Well, yeah, that's the idea. Yeah. Lisa falls asleep first. She dreams the Simpsons are in Morocco, where Homer buys a magic monkey's paw, said to grant wishes. They get the paw home. Maggie makes the first wish. She wishes for a gold pacifier. Bart wishes next. And their house is filled with cash. And they're now famous. Lisa wishes for world peace. And now that that's happened, Kang and Krotos come down to take over Earth. <laughs> Great. Great callback. And with the final wish, Homer wishes for a sandwich. Homer gives the paw to Ned Flanders, who wishes to get rid of the aliens. And we see Moe, who has a board with a nail in it, chasing an alien. Then we get the great line from Kang. Well, Kang, it seems the Earthing won, did they? That board with the nail in it may have defeated us, but the humans won't stop there. They'll make bigger boards and bigger nails. Soon they will make a board with a nail so big it will destroy them all. <laughs> I love it. And yeah, this is a parody of a short story called The Monkey's Paw and a Twilight Zone episode called A Small talent for war okay cool um i love that when the aliens come down they take the humans like prisoner with like uh wooden clubs and a slingshot because they don't actually have any weapons those aliens don't actually have any weapons but we now have none, so they can take us over with a club and a slingshot. So everyone's just, like, really annoyed. They're, like, really pissed off because it's, like, it's not a deadly weapon. That's They're not afraid that they're going to be killed. They're just like, ah, oh, we got nothing to fight back. They're just super annoyed at it. 
Yeah, that was great. That's yeah, the whole so reason good. that they can come down is because the humans got rid of their weapons. Yeah. And Kang and Cronus have just been waiting for the day that they could come down and take us over. Yeah, it's so perfect. And it's perfect do. because everyone was making a huge, giant peace sign so that they could even see from like the... the it, was, it was the size of the entire United States. Yeah. That's how big <laughs> yeah. the peace sign was. Yes, you could see it, was, it from orbit. They could see it from orbit. They could see it from space. It was so huge. It must have taken so many people to do that. Maybe all the people of the world yeah. <laughs> um, coming together, making a peace sign. And they're like, ah, perfect. We can go. We can go take them over now. <laughs> That was their sign to come and attack. <laughs> that they great. now have peace. That's <laughs> great. So good. Awesome. I liked when uh, Bart wishes them famous. Uh, they're showing us all the fame of the Simpsons. Yeah. They're on billboards. They have a Calypso CD, which was awesome, by the way. Yeah. They have T-shirts, and people are really, really annoyed. They're just they're saying like, oh, I'm, I'm tired of hearing about these Simpsons. The Simpsons yeah. are everywhere. I think that was really fun because it was a parody of real life and how the Simpsons, maybe not at that time, but eventually got to that level of success where people are just like, I'm so sick and tired of hearing about the Simpsons and they're everywhere. They're yeah. on every sort of marketing piece you could ever think of and enough is enough. So I thought that was really funny that they were laughing at themselves like that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it definitely felt like it had taken a jab at themselves. Also, this is just how people react, you know, if something gets so big and it's everywhere. It's yeah. like, okay, now I'm sick of it. Now I used yeah. to love it. Now I'm sick of it. So I thought it was really, really fun. Yeah, I love that. After Kang and Krotos have taken over the world, Dean, Homer still has one wish left. And he says he wants to use it wisely. Yeah. And he wishes for a sandwich. Yeah. He wishes for a turkey sandwich and the turkey's dry. Yeah, the turkey was dry. He wasn't very happy with that. Wasn't happy with that sandwich. And the last thing that I really, really loved is Lisa wishes for world peace. And Homer tells her that was very selfish. It was <laughs> a, a very, very selfish, selfish wish. <laughs> it was a very selfish wish, Lisa. So great. Great subtle humor. Something yep. The Simpsons is obviously known for. Their subtle humor <laughs> Homer just slid that one in and I laughed. Yeah. Yeah, it was quick. It was a quick one. He just kind of uh, like leaned over right to her and said it, you know. That's, that, yeah. that was very selfish. Yeah. Okay, Homer. Bart falls asleep now. We get an opening narration that sounds like Rod Serling from the Twilight Zone, telling us that the people of Springfield have to think happy thoughts and say happy things because there's a monster that can read minds. And if it finds an unhappy thought... It will turn the people into grotesque terrors. And did he mention that the monster is a 10-year-old boy? And they zoom in on Bart? What a twist. Oh, no. This isn't going to be good. No. We see Bart turn their house cat into a fire-breathing cat. It lights the curtains on fire. Mm -hmm. We see him on his way to school in the school bus, and he's making it bounce to school, and then it crashes at school. In school, he changes American history to match his test answers. America was now discovered by some guy, and the country is now called Bonerland. He has Principal Skinner singing songs for him. Krusty's show has been running for close to 500 consecutive hours. <laughs> he turns Homer into a jack-in-a-box. So they decide to take Bart to a therapist who thinks Bart's just craving attention from Homer. So Bart and the Jack in the Box Homer spend some quality time together 
and Bart turns Homer back to normal. Bart says he loves Homer. Homer says he loves Bart, and Homer leans over and kisses Bart on the head, and Bart wakes up screaming. The love part was his nightmare. Ridiculous. <laughs> this was a parody of a Twilight Zone episode called It's a Good Life. Okay, yeah. Uh, this one's fun. This one's really fun. Um, I like... Uh, I like... So, it, it, it starts... It's funny because it is kind of like a little bit of a twist there because you're like, this is Bart's nightmare. This seems like it's going great for Bart. So you're like, where? what's going to turn? How is this going to turn? Are they going to end up killing him or something like that? Um, so yeah, it's kind of it's kind of funny that he gets along. He gets closer to his father and they both tell each other they love each other and that's the nightmare <laughs> part of it. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Very fun story. Uh, I-, I loved watching all the people on the streets pretending to be happy. Yeah. So that Bart wouldn't destroy them. Uh, there's that old guy who's got that really distinct low voice. He's just so funny walking around like, I'm going to have to think good, think happy thoughts, think happy thoughts here. And then he can't anymore. <laughs> he thinks something bad. And then I can't remember what Bart turned him in, into, but he just, uh, he got his punishment for, for angry thoughts. Yeah, I think he was like a dog. I think he turned him into a dog or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's good. So good. It, but they drew it really well because everybody's walking the streets with fake smiles, and you can tell it's a fake smile. And yeah. I don't know how you draw a fake smile on good all point. these different characters, but I knew right away that they were faking it. Yeah, good point. Yeah, that's awesome. I like uh, like the crusties on TV for so long. That's funny oh, because Bart just so never busted. wants them off. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. He looks so wrecked. He's so destroyed. Um, yeah, that's that's great too. Yeah, uh, it was fun. Yeah, and then yeah, fun fun twist at the end. I really liked watching. Bart and the Jack in the Box, Homer, like, um, bonding and spending time together. Yeah. They, like, go to a baseball game, and uh, they do all these different things, but it's just, they go fishing. It's just so weird <laughs> seeing this Jack in the Box Homer going yeah. to all these different events. It's really weird. Yeah, it's funny that he didn't turn him back into a human to, like, do the activities. He's just still Jack in the Box father. <laughs> he's still <laughs> mad at going to spend yeah. time with. Yeah. All right. Homer is the next to fall asleep. He finds himself at work where he gets fired for sleeping on the job. We see Mr. Burns has created a robot to replace the human workers, but he needs a human brain. Homer gets a new job digging graves. He gets tired one night and takes a nap in one of them. Mr. Burns comes to the graveyard looking for a brain and grabs Homer, who's still alive, by the way. He's like, yeah, puts, puts him in a sack and hits him on the head with a bat. And he's dragging him away as Homer's yelling. <laughs> and then he keeps he keeps hitting him with a bat in that bag and tells the corpse to stop scaring Smithers. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Burns puts Homer's brain in the robot, which comes to life. It eats some donuts and takes a nap at work. Burns feels defeated and puts the brain back in Homer's body. Burns kicks the stupid robot and it falls over on top of him. Every part of him is crushed except his head. Homer wakes up screaming because Bart bit him. Homer goes to the washroom to see Burns' head sewn onto his body. Then they give us a preview for the next week on The Simpsons, where Homer still has the head of Burns attached to his body. And maybe this wasn't a dream after all. This is a parody of Frankenstein. I think the million-dollar idea 
in this episode is that he sleeps in the grave. I think that's so funny because Homer like sleeps on the job and that's why he got fired. And he was told yeah. he was fired because he slept on the job. And then his new job, his first day of grave digging, he gets tired and falls asleep at the grave. Like it's so ridiculous. This guy's going to sleep anywhere. He sleeps in an open grave. I thought that was great. It was great. Now, this one I thought was very graphic for the time and right, yeah. did did warrant that um note at the beginning from Marge because Burns cuts the top of Homer's head off yeah. in this episode and you see it. That's the moment. Pull- yeah, then he pulls his brain out and he's like stretching it and the spine is stretching and then it finally snaps off of the spine and Burns puts it on his head and says, look at me. I look like Davy Crockett. Ridiculous. I burst out laughing at that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because it is such a weird moment to insert comedy into yeah. <laughs> that it obviously needed, but it was so funny. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was very, very graphic um, cartooning for the time. Yeah, for sure. We've watched, so we watched a, a full Trios of Horror episode, and then we've watched now two stories in this one. This is the third story. And as soon as he sawed off the top of his head, like, I kind of gasped. Like, that yeah. was, that was like, oh, wow, that was different than everything we've seen so far. That was more graphic. It was, like, visibly a lot different than everything else that we'd seen. So I was like, oh, yeah, that, that warranted the warning for sure. He's basically killing Homer. He's yeah. cutting his head open and ripping his brain out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Really fun episode, though. I liked it. Yeah. And, like, they even stick with the top of his head. Like, the top of his head, like, goes rolling on the floor, and they, like, stick with it till it, like, stops rolling. And it's like, wow, you know, that's it's even extra just to show you that his head is popped off, and it's, like, top of his head still rolling. Yeah, they, they do some things that allow them to get away with it. Like, when the head falls off, it hits and rolls around, almost like the sound of a wooden bowl would make rolling around. Right, so okay, yeah. So it is yeah. goofy. Yeah. They make it goofy, but... I was still taken aback because back at that time, like this is season two. This is when people are probably still against the Simpsons. Yeah. Like Bart saying things like eat my shorts. What a terrible influence that must be on the children. So like I could easily see something like this, maybe even having trouble passing the censorship board, but uh, they, they got it through. But I was very surprised to see this this early in the Simpsons. For sure. Agreed. Now on to Treehouse of horror. Number three. Ooh. This was released in 1992. It is from season four, episode five. And the opening of this one starts out a little bit different than we're used to. It starts out like the opening to Alfred Hitchcock Presents with Homer walking out and giving us the disclaimer instead of Marge. And at this point, what I got out of this disclaimer, Dean, was I felt like they were making fun of it now within the show. I think they weren't taking it seriously anymore. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Now, same tour through Springfield Cemetery into the Simpsons house, where we see a family of skeletons walk in and sit on the couch. So this is the first time in these Treehouse of Horror episodes that they decide to incorporate the couch gag, which was funny. Yeah. I can't recall if they continue on with that. I'm sure they do, but... I think they do. Yeah, it was really it was really nice to see um, because I, I liked the new opening, but you always miss the couch. You know, the couch is always yeah. the best part about the opening. So I think I like that they took that into sort of consideration on this third one and made, a, you know, a fun, a fun first Halloween couch one where they're all like skeletons. I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah, I like that. It was good. 
We see the Simpsons are having a Halloween party where Lisa tells a story about a doll from hell. Ooh, yikes. We flash to Bart's birthday, and Homer forgot to get Bart a present. So he heads to the local House of Evil store, where he gets Bart a small-talking Krusty the Clown doll. The store owner warns Homer the doll is cursed. Homer gives the doll to Bart, and Bart loves it. The doll starts talking all by itself, though, saying, It's gonna kill Homer, and it starts chasing him around with a knife. The doll tries several times to kill Homer until Homer puts it in a sack, locks it in a briefcase, and throws it into a bottomless pit. But somehow the doll has attached itself under Homer's car and is back again trying to kill Homer. Marge calls the number on the back of the box it came in. A serviceman shows up to find that the doll setting was accidentally set to evil. He switches it to good, and the doll says it loves Homer. And we see that Homer keeps the doll, but unfortunately turns it into his own personal slave. And this is a parody of Child's Play. Yeah, this is uh, one of my favorites. Uh, one, Another one that I just always remember, really love when it comes up every year and I get to watch it. Um, I love the idea of the, you know, I think I just love the idea of like the toys that come to life. That thing is, you know, you know, child's play is really, uh, it's just a really fun thing. Um, and as like a kid, you know, you're, you're always thinking about the toys coming to life. That's always like, I was always sort of drawn to that. Like even as a kid who didn't watch scary things, you know, I liked Toy Story. I liked small soldiers. I liked all these, you know, all these movies where uh, the toys do come to life. So I, I've always liked this episode. I like, I like when Homer is telling Bart that he forgot to get him a present because he starts some, I think Bart says to him like, Oh, you know, what did you get me? And he starts his like dough. And then he turns it into, don't worry, I forgot to get you a present. <laughs> it's just Great. that kind of like, that Great. kind of joke just gets me so much where yeah. they just twist twist with you so much in that one sentence. <laughs> just, uh, um, it's so good. Uh, so I loved that. And then, yeah, I just love, I love the evil and good switch at the end. Like it was just, oh, no, you just, we just, the doll is supposed to like act on its own. It's not even cursed and doing its own thing. Someone just switched it to evil. You just got to switch it to good. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, lots of fun stuff in this one. The doll is talking, you know, by itself most of the time, but they do throw in a gag where you have to pull its string. Yeah. So, like, at the at the beginning, Homer pulls its string and it's talking, and then it starts to talk evil. But then right in the middle of one of its evil monologues about how it's going to kill Homer, it can't talk anymore because the string needs to be pulled Right. Again. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Nice. <laughs> and he pulls it so that the monologue can be finished or the laughing or whatever it is. I, yeah. I also like, so he's like constantly going after Homer trying to kill him. I like when he pops up in the bathtub. Homer's taking a bath and he pops up in the bathtub because he has like, he has like a harpoon gun. Yeah. <laughs> he has like a spear that he's going to shoot at him. And it's really funny that he did that in the tub. Like, makes a lot of get, sense. Where'd he get that gun? <laughs> I love the guy at the House of Evil store who sells them the toy. Yeah. I just thought they had a really, really good um, conversation back and forth. I remember yeah. that being something I really laughed at, you know, when I was younger and watching the show. Uh, I love that guy. He's kind of like, kind of um, parodying um, what happens in Gremlins. For sure. Uh, same, same type of idea, same type of character. So I thought that was really well done. 
you sell toys? We sell forbidden objects from places men fear to tread. We also sell frozen yogurt, which I call Froget. Well, I need something for my son's birthday. Ah, uh, perhaps this will please the gentleman. Take this object, but beware, it carries a terrible curse. Ooh, that's bad. But it comes with a free Froget. That's good. The Froget is also cursed. That's bad. But you get your choice of topping. That's good. The toppings contain potassium benzoate. That's bad. Can I go now? Uh, I love the bottomless pit where Homer goes yep. to drop the doll because there's a mobster who shows up first and throws a dead body down there. Yeah. And then Homer drops his, uh, his doll down there. Another guy comes and he says, I was, a, I was a fool for thinking people would want to see naked photos of Whoopi Goldberg. And he drops a box of them down the, the pit. And then the pit throws them back up to him. It's rude. And <laughs> so rude. <laughs> it's, it's a rude but very accurate um, joke. <laughs> that was good. Uh, yeah, that's a fun one. One of the more fun ones, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, the, this, is, this is one of my favorite ones. It was, it was really fun. Now, Grandpa Simpson tells us a tale called King Homer. Now, this one is all in black and white. And I read that they were a little bit worried about this one because with too much black and white, they thought people might start to think that their TV was broken wow. and unable to show color anymore. Yeah. So wow. That's where we were as a people, you know, Back in uh, 92 when this one came out. Yeah. We were unsure if black and white meant our TV was broken. Black and white couldn't be a choice. They couldn't have chosen to do black and white, so the TV must be broken. Why would you make something in black and white when you could put it in color? Exactly. Only a Why would you fool do that? would do that. Only a fool. Yeah. Now, Marge has shown up responding to a Mr. Burns ad for a single white female wanted for mysterious expedition, must like monkeys. Great. She's interested. They sail to an island where Marge is captured by the locals to be a sacrifice for Homer, a giant ape. But Homer takes a liking to Marge. Burns sees an opportunity to make money off Homer the ape, so they attack Homer. Burns grabs a gas grenade to throw at Homer, but he's so weak, the throw lands at his own feet where the grenade goes off. Smithers throws one at Homer for real, causing Homer to pass out. Homer wakes in chains and on display as the eighth wonder of the world. Barney is amazed by the size of the platform that Homer's on. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> it's very large. Homer breaks free, kills a reporter, breaks into the theater next door and eats Shirley Temple. He grabs Marge, then starts climbing the tallest building in Springfield. It's a hard climb for Homer. He gets three stories high, then passes out from exhaustion. Marge says she'll take care of him, and we see the two being married. And this is obviously a parody of King Kong. Yeah, um... The uh, I definitely like the part where he's climbing the building. I think that's pretty fun. Uh, they make it look like he climbed a really long ways. That's what's oh, so yeah. good about it. 
Yeah. And then you get kind of a zoom out and he's only like a few stories up and he just falls down onto the ground and he can't move anymore. Uh, I like the I like the planes that are circling at the top waiting for him. And they're like, man, he's taking a long time. They're like, let's yeah. go refuel. <laughs> so they go and they, they leave to go refuel their planes because they've been up there so long waiting for him. That's yeah. great. Uh, I also like what Mr. Burns says the Broadway show is going to be. He's like, well, he's going to stand there for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, great. That's your Broadway show. And then, show. Some, then some band was going to come on to close out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's going to stand like there that. for three hours and some band's going to play play him out. <laughs> um, it's so good. Uh, yeah, I uh, this, one, this one's pretty fun. Not one of my favorites, but uh, pretty fun. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, because you know the story, right? Yeah. So they're just, they're going through the motions of the story, but they did add some really fun things into it. When they're trying to catch Homer... I thought it was quite funny that um, whoever is in charge, it might have been Burns, but someone says that like they need him to look good up on stage, so aim your fire at his groin. Right. <laughs> That's how they want to take him down. Yeah. But nothing's really working, even though they're just like shooting at him in the groin. Yeah. Uh, you've got the, you know, the characters Lenny and Carl who are always together. Yeah. So he grabs Lenny and he eats Lenny, and Lenny pops out of his mouth and says, come on, Homer, stop eating me. And then Carl shoots at Homer, but hits Lenny in the arm. <laughs> Love it. And like, he, he just got shot. Like, you'd expect him to be screaming or something. Yeah. But he's just all nonchalant. He's like, ow, nice shot, Carl. <laughs> like, being like sarcastic towards him about it. <laughs> it was just, it was really like, it's, when I explain it, it doesn't sound funny at all. But if you just watch the, how they set that one up, like, Lenny's just so annoyed by the situation of getting eaten and then shot. Uh, it, it was really funny. That was one of my more funny moments in that episode, I thought. Yeah, I laughed really hard at it. I laughed really hard at that moment. There was a couple times when they were trying to take down Homer. That was that was probably, you know, kind of the highlight of the whole thing. You know, the, the building climbing at the end and then the beginning where they were trying to take down Homer uh, because they also, they get him with gas and then... Uh, you know, Mr. Smithers gets him with gas. And so Mr. Burns is like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to give you a raise. Uh, you know, Smithers, that was such a great job. And then Smithers is standing like pretty close to Homer's mouth. And Homer's like out. He's knocked out. He's passed out. But he still just like chomps him and eats him. <laughs> and so he's gone. Uh, so I like that. And then I like that Mr. Burns didn't have to give him a, uh, like a, a raise now because he's gone. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that was that was fun part two. Yeah, that was good. The wedding at the end was a lot of fun because it's a mix of humans and monkeys. Right. Yeah. And a monkey comes to find a seat and the usher asks if he's with the bride or the groom. Great. <laughs> that was a nice touch. Great. Great touch. Just yeah. Su such an obvious joke. Yeah. But uh, it was fun. Fun episode. Or yeah. fun, fun segment. Now, last but not least, Bart has the next scary story called Dial Z for Zombies. Bart gives a book report on a preschool pop-up alphabet book. Mrs. Krabappel tells him he has to do a new report, so he goes to the library and stumbles upon a section he's never seen before, the occult section. He finds a book with talking ghosts inside, and he likes it. Oh, yeah. He shows Lisa, who's very sad about their dead cat snowball, Bart finds a section in the book about raising the dead. So they go to Snowball's grave, and Bart recites the passage. Nothing happens to Snowball, but humans start crawling out of their graves, and the horde of zombies attack the people of Springfield. Flanders is turned. Principal Skinner is turned. Then Sideshow Mel. Then Krusty. 
The zombies are looking for brains, so they don't attack Homer. The Simpsons head back to the library for a book that can reverse the spell. Flanders jumps out and wants to nibble on Homer's ear, so Homer shoots him with a shotgun. Bart says, Dad, you killed the zombie Flanders. And Homer says, he was a zombie? Kang and Krotos show up in orbit again, excited for the fall of humanity. The Simpsons go back to the library. Bart starts reading spells. The first one turns Lisa into a snail, but the second one makes the zombies crawl back into their graves. All's well back at the Simpsons, where they're vegging out in front of the TV, behaving like a bunch of zombies. Mm. And this was a parody of the Living Dead series and Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Uh, big fan of this one, too. I've always liked this one. Uh, I like all the, you know, all the zombie people. I think the jokes in it are really solid. I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of good stuff in it. Um, I like uh, the, you know, the the words that uh, Bart's always saying and reciting to do like the spells, because there's always something like in it that's a joke. Um, but like a lot of it isn't for kids. You know, a lot of the jokes aren't for kids. His spell at the end that like, makes the zombies all die are all like brands of condoms yeah, <laughs> yeah I which that. i thought was very funny yeah but like why is that joke in there if it's for kids you know so it's obviously also like for the parents that are watching it with their kids or whatever to have a little to have a little laugh there too so uh that i thought i found that very funny yeah definitely uh lots of fun stuff lots of fun stuff lots of zombie gags that whole homer shooting flanders was you know an iconic moment in the show. Right, yeah. That, that joke just hitting so hard. Yeah. Um, I like that Homer, very subtly on their way to the library, calls it a book depository. Yes, right. <laughs> That's what he knows it as. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. And I love that they run into Barney at the school and he's eating an arm, but he wasn't even a zombie. Right. <laughs> when in Rome, he says. Yeah. <laughs> it's great so good barney's great yeah this episode was jam-packed with stuff yeah like, the same length as every other one but it just felt like there was so much going on it felt like a really fleshed out story whoa tim <laughs> gross sorry about that, sorry about that. <laughs> i just came up with that yeah that's uh, nice no but there's just there's a lot of stuff going on and um yeah. like there was something exciting at every turn uh, yep. But it felt like it felt like a really big story. Like a lot happened. They went to a lot of different places. Um, a lot of people got killed, and uh, really appreciated this one. This one, I think, could have been a full episode. Yeah, it would have been a lot of fun. There's just so much going on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and there's like uh, there's really clever jokes at every turn. You know, there's like you said, there's always something going on whenever you're you're flashing to a different area, and there's pretty good jokes too. Like I, I do really like at the end when they're all going back to their graves. There's like a John Smith grave and like two people are about to get in it. And the one guy's like, oh, uh, I'm John Smith. And the other guy's like, oh, I'm John Smith, 1882. <laughs> and he's like, oh, oh, my mistake. <laughs> and he leaves and the other guy crawls in the grave. I just think that's it's a, I think that's a funny joke. I love it. It's very funny because yeah. John Smith is just like probably the most used name. Exactly. Yeah. Of anything, right? So. Yeah, it's it's so <laughs> it's, nice it's so funny. I, I, I really. Yeah, exactly. Nice touch. I really loved it. Um, there's just yeah, there's a lot of. 
there's a lot of these zombie type, you know, jokes going around and they don't really always do the obvious joke. You know, I guess the one of the obvious jokes is like the zombies not wanting Homer because, he, you know, they want yeah. brains. Um, but yeah. like, that's the most obvious one. Everything else is like pretty fun. Uh, it's pretty and pretty like clever. I think most of it's pretty clever. So uh, this, yeah, I really liked this one. It was and it was exciting. You know, it was kind of action packed. Yeah. Well, that wraps it up, Dean. That's the end of our Treehouse of Horror episodes. Overall, I think they're a lot of fun. I definitely recommend checking those out. Uh, I have seen a lot of Treehouse of Horror. I definitely have not seen them all. I'm excited to move on and watch more of them. And yeah, yeah. what are your thoughts? Yeah, I have. uh, There's a couple in my mind that are like my favorites that still haven't come up yet. So that'll be exciting to get to those. Um, I can just like, yeah, remember a lot of the stories that I really, really like, but there were a few that I really like in these three. There were a couple of my favorites in these three. Um, and a lot of them come from one and three. So Trios of Horror one and Trios of Horror three, I think are both, were both very strong, both pretty good. I think two in the middle there was probably the weakest one of these three. Um, one's, you know, one's kind of my favorite just cause you know, the whole thing of kicking it off and actually being in the treehouse telling this ghost stories. That's just kind of like iconic for me. So, you know, one's definitely my favorite, but then I would go three and two. Um, but yeah, a lot of fun with all of them to be had here. Cool. All right, everyone listening, if you're looking for a way to support Talking Back, there's a few ways you can do that. Please tell your friends about us. Also leave a review and rating on your favorite podcast app. You can send us a one-time donation of any amount at buymeacoffee.com slash talkingback, or you can sign up to be a patron and gain access to exclusive episodes over at patreon.com slash talkingbackpodcast. And now that this episode is over, don't worry, head on over to the bfopnetwork.com and check out one of the other amazing nostalgia-based podcasts in our network. We promise you'll find something that you like. Dean, thank you for joining Thank you, Tim. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. We'll see you next year, Dean. That's it until next year. That's it. That We're done. You can bury me back in my grave. I will do that momentarily. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we've made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal is a joke.